Welcome to NAPRUP Spotlight. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining me today. NAPRUP Spotlight is sponsored by Neighborhood Connections and the City of Cleveland Minority Arts and Education Fund. NAPRUP Spotlight showcases citizens making positive contributions to their neighborhoods in our city. My guest today is Mr. Thomas L. Hudson, renowned artist, founder, and CEO of Mole Stick Studio LLC. Raised in the Central Neighborhood, he attended George Washington Carver Elementary School and Central High School. In 1978, he graduated from John Adams High School, where he was honored in 1977 and 1978 as the best high school artist in the city of Cleveland. After high school, he attended the Cooper School of Art. For several years, he worked as a medical illustrator and freelanced. His illustrations graced the pages of the children's book Garrett Morgan Inventor by Garnett Nelson Jackson. His outstanding artwork has appeared in numerous magazines, books, and publications. As a realistic oil painter, he has won Best of Show in the 2015 Riddall Art Competition and in 2016 for the May Show. His incredible work has been exhibited in many art galleries, businesses, and bookstores. Mr. Hudson's work has appeared in the 2018 First Edition Collector's Art Book published by the Black Local Artists of Cleveland, sponsored by Neighbor Connections, and he is a member of the Neighbor Up Network. Welcome to Neighbor Up Spotlight, Mr. Hudson. I do appreciate your time. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. So let's get started. How old were you when you recognized your talent as an artist? I had to have been at least um, six years old wow. when I began to realize that I can draw and do it well. Yeah. Um, and I had friends who could also draw. And that sort of back and forth sort of encourages you to keep at it. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. And not to mention, I'm sure your friends wanted you to draw cartoons and things like that, didn't they? <laughs> Well, yeah, because we <laughs> worked mainly with comic yeah. books. We were all comic book readers. Yeah. And we liked drawing the superheroes. Awesome, yeah. mm-hmm. awesome. So who inspired and encouraged your abilities? Well, first encouragement, uh, my mother and father. Um, they really encouraged me. They saw that I could draw and do it well. That's wonderful. And they really got behind me, paid for, for art school. And my influence those who I was really influenced by and inspired by the main number one artist is Ken Davies right now. Um, But back when I was in school, I was inspired by the comic book artists because I always wanted to be a comic book artist and drawing comic books. And that's how I learned how to draw by copying from my favorite artists. Wow. after that, I got into, you know, fine arts and, and what these guys were doing. But my number one favorite inspiration is always Kim Davies. Wow. So mm-hmm. why, why, why are art programs for our schools and communities so important, and particularly now? Well, I, I read that programs in art education can ultimately help students to excel in other academic areas. Mm-hmm. 
Our programs have the potential to help improve a student's memory and concentration skills, develop decision-making and critical thinking skills, enhance communication and listening skills, but also encourage focus and discipline. Yes. And of course, increases creativity and imagination. From elementary school all the way to high school, I have always been in an art class wow. at every grade level. And I don't know why those who make the decisions decide to eliminate the art program. You're right. When they're so beneficial in the other areas of academic achievement. And, and, and extremely needed. Very, mm -hmm. very much so. Especially with all the burgeoning art projects that are going on now and into relationship, yes. in relationship to what's happening socially. So mm -hmm. now, tell us about your realistic art style and how that developed, because you are phenomenal. So tell us about that. Well, it started, again, with the comic book art. Okay. And I've always gravitated towards the artists who drew realistically. Mm -hmm. And I can name, like, John Basima, um, Jim Apparel, and especially Neil Adams wow. in the comic book world. Neil Adams set the standard of what drawing realistically is about in comic books, and he was a guy to watch, and he's still active today. And I was copying those guys, and okay. I've always wanted to do it real because it just seemed that that was better than what other art was about. Yeah. When you can draw and paint realistically. Well, you and know, that's how it started. And, and, and it makes sense because myself, is, I, I'm, I love cartoons growing up, and I always gravitated towards the cartoons that looked realistic in terms mm -hmm. of their movement. And um, so I, I, I get what you're saying. I can remember the cartoon Speed Racer. I didn't like it because it didn't have a realistic look to me. You know, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, I think, the beginning of that anime style, yeah. which I don't really, you know, prefer. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not a, f a real fan either, but hey, I know there are fans out there. So, oh yeah. yeah. So let's listen. In 1992, you illustrated the children's book Garrett Morgan Inventor by Mr. Garnett Nelson Jackson, and I went. I I ordered a copy, so I have a copy of that book. Oh, thank you. You're thank quite you. welcome, and and I'm going to send it to you. I'd love for you to autograph it. I sure will. Thank yeah. you. And in 2005, you created a sculpture in honor of uh, Garrett Morgan. What other books and publications have you illustrated? After the Garrett Morgan book, I got the commission to do Shirley Chisholm, oh, wow. which was also published by Modern Curriculum Press. Okay. And then after that one, I got a commission from Golden Books Publishing, oh, yeah. who were in partnership with Essence Magazine, and they produced a series of children's books. And I was one of the artists chosen to do one. Wonderful. And that book I did was called See What I Can Do. Okay. And then from there, I got jobs from Just Us Books, and okay. I did two book covers for them. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Well, when I, when I listen to this back again, I'm going to make sure that I go find those, oh, yeah. or order yeah. those books. <laughs> at, at one time, um, I, had, I gave away all my copies of See What I Can Do, Okay. and I had to go to eBay and get a copy for <laughs> of myself. Your, of your own book. book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank goodness for eBay. Yeah. Oh, my mm -hmm. goodness. Now, in 2019, your work was exhibited in the Seen and Unseen um, show hosted by the Artist Archives of the Western Reserve and Sculpture Center. How was that experience and the significance of the African-American talent assembled? Because it was a phenomenal show. Yes, it and, was. And, of course, it's where For you me, and I met. Yeah, 
Yeah, for me, it was huge. It was huge. Um, just to be among the other African-American artists and seeing the various types of work on display. Yes. And the reason this show was significant for me is because I got notice from a few people. Awesome. Um, there was a guy, his name was Carter Q, last name spelled C-U-E. He saw my work and he referred me to a couple who collected African-American art. Okay. And they have several homes and they live in Sea Island, Georgia. He got me connected with them. They called me. I called them. And they flew me down to Sea Island wow. to take pictures of them for a commission wow. from that show. Awesome. And Carrie Davis, who was featured in that show, he contacted me. He came over and he wanted to buy you know, some of my work. And he bought a piece of my work. So he wow. turned out to be a very good friend and beginning collector. That's awesome. So the seen and unseen exhibit was very beneficial for me. Yeah, it, it was it was a great show. I enjoyed meeting everyone that day. I took a lot of pictures. I bought the book. So it it was just it was wonderful. It was fantastic. Yes. So mm-hmm. now And I met you there. Yes, that's yeah. right. And we met. <laughs> Yes, that's and, correct. And uh-huh. thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast. I do appreciate well. it. Uh-huh. So now, uh-huh. what do you enjoy about being an artist and a painter? I enjoy the satisfaction of creating realistic images with my hands. To give an image the illusion of being real. Drawing skills that develop and improve over time. Just getting better at it. Yes. Practice makes improvement. Yes, and I just like the way my work looks and the realism that I can achieve with it. It takes time and effort, but I just love realism. And, and I like I like hearing the flattery from people who tell me how good my work is. <laughs> that's, that's it, really, it, it is. I mean, yeah. it really is. I, I mean, when I talk about your work, I, I've told people, I said, really, when you're standing even right up on it, it's still looks like a photograph it's amazing it's absolutely amazing thank you you. so now in 2019 you were commissioned by case western reserve university office for inclusion diversity and equal opportunity to paint the portraits of african-american alumni for the annual trailblazer project tell us about that tremendous opportunity and the people honored with your artistic talent that one came about i have a friend's name is charles burkett this was last may I believe. And he told me about the project. I knew nothing about it. And he said he was in a meeting where they were discussing looking for an African-American artist to paint the next series of portraits for their trailblazer project. The artist that they did have working for 2018 and 2017, Mm -hmm. he was a white guy. Okay. And he told them that he was struggling to paint the flesh tones of black people. Okay. And so they decided, well, maybe we should, you know, hire a black artist to do this because it would seem more beneficial. It's a, the, the Trailblazer Project is about honoring, you know, African-American alumni yes. at Case Western Reserve. So it would seem more fitting to have an African-American artist do the work. Okay. So Charles was in this meeting, and I was the first one he thought of. Awesome. He gave me a call, told me about the project, and gave me the number of Marilyn Mobley, who was in charge of the project. Yes. I talked to her, 
we arranged for me to come down there and to bring two of my originals so she can see them up close. Mm -hmm. I did that, and sh she was amazed by the level of realism. Oh, I'm sure she was blown and away. She showed, <laughs> yes, yes. And she showed me the previous paintings that were completed. And I got a chance to look at them up close, and I could see how the artist struggled yes. with the flesh tones. They look kind of blotchy. Yeah. And the level of detail was very loose. It wasn't as tight as I would get it. Mm -hmm. But I commend him for doing the work yes. and for the number of pieces that he did. But I felt that I could do better. Yes. And so they gave me, uh, it, it started with four. This previous artist did six. Okay. But they had four alumni chosen. But one alumni, they had a problem getting proper reference. Mm -hmm. So the three people that I did paint was Dr. Wilma Peebles Wilkins, mm -hmm. Dr. M. Deborah Hyde, M.D., and Samuel Allen Counter, Ph.D. Mm. Yes. And those were the three that I started. And they had the unveiling in October. So I had just a few months to get those three done. But I was very flattered that I was chosen and very honored to be chosen now as the artist to continue with these portraits. Get out of here. So you're going to continue. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Well, yeah. yeah Major. Yeah. Absolutely. What? I was supposed to start the, the next series of portraits in March. Okay. But of course, the virus thing hit. Yeah. And everything shut down. Yeah. yeah. Well, and here we are. You're my first interview since coming back from uh, us, you know, all being quarantined and, and uh, hunkering down at home. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, and, and, and two, I just want to uh, say that, you know, one of the things I love about this podcast, it leads me to, to finding out new things. So I was totally unaware of the Trailblazer. I went on and read everything about it, and it's, it's just wonderful. And I just want to say, uh, uh, Mr. Allen, as counter, he was a professor of neurology at Harvard, and uh, Miss Deborah M. High was the uh, uh, first African-American neurosurgeon in the state of California and the second such physician in the nation which is oh, super wow. First person, and uh, Miss Wilma Peebles Wilkins is a practitioner and administrator and educator in the field of social work for over 40 years. So it's, it, yeah. it was impressive. And I was just honored to be able to be privy to that information by knowing you. So and we can share, you, it, and share it with others. Yeah, so, unfortunately, <clears throat> um, Mr. Counter, he, he's, uh, he died, so he oh. couldn't be there. His daughter represented him and... Deborah Hyde, MD, she wasn't there at the unveiling. Mm. Her friend represented her, but Dr. Wilma Peebles Wilkins was there. Yes. And it was just very uh, amazing. I've been working on her portrait for about a month, her face and the form and her teeth and the hair. Mm -hmm. And to meet her in person, you know, <laughs> was very gratifying. And she took my hand, she gave me a hug. Yes. She loved her portrait. Yes. And that was very gratifying to hear. That's mm -hmm. wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, mm -hmm. your work is considered fine art. So to the novice, what does fine art mean? Well, fine art is a visual art created primarily for aesthetic and intellectual purposes and judged for its beauty and meaningfulness, specifically drawing, painting, sculpture, watercolors, mm -hmm. oil, graphics, and even architecture. Mm -hmm. And fine art is basically aesthetic appeal rather than practical use. Okay. And that's what fine art is. Okay. So now, now what advice do you have for emerging artists who want to start their own, their own businesses? 
Well, I would say um, decide what you want to do, whether it's fine art, illustration, portrait commissions, or even teaching, and then commit to it. And once you commit to it, you're focused on what it is you want to do. And after that, eliminate anchors that block your growth. There's a good book that I read several times called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Oh, yeah. It's been around for a long time. Yeah, resistance that will distract you from what you have to do. And a lot of times that resistance is from within. Yes. And also get out of the wrong job. Mm-hmm. That, again, <laughs> can be an anchor. Right. And lastly, see how others are doing it, what you particularly want to do when it comes to art. Um, just about everything you dream of doing as an artist, someone else has already done it. Yes. Look to them for inspiration and advice. That's what I did. There's always going to be somebody that you admire that you can probably even copy from, from a, for a time. And just to basically be inspired by what they do because they've been there and done that and you can see how they, they're doing it right. and that's what you want to do and that reflects on what you decide you want to do for yourself. That's the advice I would give. Excellent. So now tell us mm-hmm. about Mallstick Studio and when and why you established your own business and what is a Mallstick? Now I looked it up and know what it is, so... <laughs> Share it with our audience. <laughs> I already know. So let's, uh. Mall stick, that was created about 1611, mm-hmm. and it's basically a hand rester. Okay. You rest your hand that you hold your brush in. It's either a, a stick or a rod, and you rest that on your hand to steady your hand, uh-huh. and also so your hand does not touch the wet paint on the canvas. Uh-huh. And that idea or invention has been around for over 400 years. Okay. And about maybe 16 years ago, I got the idea. I liked naming my studio Mall Stick Studio. Yeah, it's catchy. And because I have a mall stick and I don't work without it. And I have the mindset that my mall stick is like Thor's hammer or <laughs> the samurai sword. Okay. It's a respected extension of my arm. Yes. I don't paint without it. Yes. And I even call my mall stick precision because it gives me the precise line work and detail that I want. Okay. And in over 400 years of the mall stick's existence, not one artist and thousands and thousands of artists have used one. Not one artist has thought to name their studio (laughs) or business mall stick studio. Right. And I've held on to that name for about 17 years, and it wasn't until 2016 that I decided to see if someone else has it or own it or trademarked it. I did a trademark search, wow. and it was available. Wow. So I applied for the trademark, went through the process, which takes about almost a year, and I got the trademark from Allstick Studios. So now I have my precious R. You know? <laughs> And I can tack that on Mossick Studio. I own it. It's mine. That's awesome. And again, it's just amazing that no one else has thought of naming their, their business or studio. In all, these, in all that time. Studio. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Now, tell us about your most recent artistic themes, Uniforms at Work and Plumbing, Tool, and Pipe. 
uniforms at work uh, came about. I was working at a job, and I would observe this maintenance crew that was about the place. And this one particular guy, muscular, big arms, he had the short sleeves, rolled it up, and he carried his tool bag on a strap over his shoulder. And I would see that guy all the time. And I would say, that guy would make a good painting. And I got the idea of painting people in their work clothes, their uniforms. Yes. Because you can usually tell the kind of work a person does by looking at the uniform they're wearing. That's right. And I didn't really see any other artists focusing on people dressed in uniforms specifically. Mm Mm-hmm. And before that, I was doing basically a hodgepodge of different work, never really had a theme. And so I said, well, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That could be my theme. People dressed in their work clothes. Right. The stains, the wrinkles, the whole business. Correct. And I was working at the Cleveland Skating Club. And I got to know the different employees around the club, the bartenders, the servers, the Mm -hmm. housekeeping, the kitchen staff. Yes. And they got to know me and I would show them my artwork. I told them I was an artist and they were amazed by what I did. And I told them I had this idea for people dressed in their uniforms and would you pose for me? And I think the first four or five paintings I did in the series are from the employees who modeled for me at the Cleveland Skating Club. Wow. That is amazing. But that was the easy thing. That was the easy part because they knew me. Right. And it's tough asking someone to pose for you when they don't know you. <laughs> right. I've come up to people who are, I think a guy on break outside the store, he had this uniform on, it was dirty, it was wrinkled, and he was perfect. I gave him my card, <laughs> and I told him who I was, mm-hmm. and, you know, would you mind posing for me? He looked at me like I was crazy. Right. <laughs> Um, and I always wanted to do a crossing guard, a woman crossing guard. Yes. I would drive by this intersection just about every other day and I would see this woman crossing guard and I thought she was perfect. The one day when I had time, I parked, went over and talked to her, gave her my card, told her what I do and to look at my website. And again, she looked at me like I was out of my mind. Who is this guy? (laughs) I want to take my picture. I can't blame them because they don't know what the pictures are for. Right. But it's tough getting people who don't know you yes. to pose for you. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, after hearing this interview, that might not be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> after this. Now, and with the, um, the plumbing idea, um, one of the things about selling your work is that it's important to do work that speaks to a specific audience. Right. And I got the idea of doing plumbing artwork. And I looked it up online to see if any other artists were doing plumbing work. And there wasn't. So I did about, I did three paintings and one drawing of plumbing art with the idea of marketing those drawings to the plumbers around the city. To have them buy my work for the idea of them buying the prints to give them away to their employees as as gifts for employee of the month, um, you know, birthdays anniversaries, retirement, they would give these prints to their employees. And what I did was I approached about five of the largest plumbing businesses in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And I went out there with three prints in my hand. 
making cold calls, going door to door. Okay, I like your hustle. They didn't know I was coming. Right. Yeah, that's tough to do. Right. Uh, and most of these plumbing businesses are family owned. Right. And I showed up at one of the largest ones and they were very nice to have these elaborate offices and conference rooms and, and they liked my work. And I talked to the owner and he loved my stuff, but then he whispered to me, said, these guys are not going to appreciate this kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And I said, okay. And the other guy I went to that business, he told me he loved my work, but he didn't really want to give them away to his employees. Okay. And that was the whole idea of the marketing plan for them to buy the prints to give them away as gifts. Right. And it wasn't working. And they loved the work, but they weren't going to buy. Yeah, because... Because they didn't feel that their guys would appreciate the artwork. So how did you... What happened? How did you change things? Well, after a month of going door-to-door to the plumbers, and I could see that some were interested... And some say, well, we can't buy anything because we have to go to the main office, which is located in another state. And I could see that even though the artwork is good, that the audience for the plumbers were just not interested. Right. And I said, well, how far do I keep going? Do I keep at it or do I just stop here? Do right. I see the writing on the wall? Right. Because the next step was to go to a plumbing trade show. Okay. Where I would be the only artist there, really standing out and selling the art prints. Right. But that costs money and you got to book the time and hotel and travel. And I say, do I do that when I can see where it's going now? Right. And so I'd say, I'll go into a different direction. The plumbers are just not interested. It's not going to work. Okay. So that, that was that. Well, I just also want to add that the the, the plumbing uh, items that you paint are also antique items. Yes, yeah, that was so, the whole idea. Yeah, the antique uh, items. And the reason why to, I'm an antique yeah, fanatic, yeah. one of my favorite shows is American Pickers. <laughs> so yeah, when I looked yeah. at your work, I, I loved it, you know? Mm-hmm. The whole idea, I didn't want to use tools that I could just buy from Home Depot or Lowe's. I wanted to get antique vintage tools that were broken, rusty, chipped, whatever, to give it more character. And almost one of a kind, because you don't see them again. Yeah, I looked on eBay, and I got a lot of plumbing tools, plumbing fixtures, and I still have all that stuff, and I still may do um, maybe a few more plumbing paintings, but I came up with two other themes that I'm working on that are far more interesting. So I just let the plumbing paintings go, and I got two other things going on. Well, would you like to share those two other things now, or do you want to keep them under wraps? <laughs> well, I can share a little bit. Okay. The one theme is called vintage, and this is an all African American theme. Okay. And these are old, old stuff. Okay. You know, women, children, men, maybe a couple of landscapes. Okay. And the other one is action figure still lives. Okay. And that's the fun one. Okay. So that's what I'll share. Okay. Well, you've definitely got me. You know, I I, I collect comic books too, and I have a whole box full of older ones. So now you've got me, like I said, when I listen to our interview, yeah, I'm going to be looking at my, yeah, yeah, looking at my comic books a, a different way now. I'm going to pay attention to who the illustrators are because I have a lot of yeah, old, a lot of old ones. Yeah. <laughs> I still love comic books. Um, Green Lantern is my favorite comic book okay. character. 
I don't buy them like I used to. Yeah. I do have the complete Green Lantern Jeff Johns run, which is about 39 graphic novels. Wow. Um, but I always love comic books because I feel that the comic book artists, they're very good. They have they, that specific niche. Yeah, they are. And even as and, a little kid, I could, you know, like I, said, I could see my mother, my brother had a bunch of comic books and threw them away too much to her dismay. <laughs> but, but even, yeah. even as a little girl, I could look at comic books and, and I, w- I could appreciate the detail and the realism of the art. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very detailed. Yeah. So I, I will keep you informed on my new theme. I'm Thank working you. on them now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very good. I, we will stay yeah. in touch. Mm-hmm. Now, what advice do you have for youth and young adults who want to have a career as a painter or an artist or be or have a, a career, build a career in the, in the world of the arts? Well, the first thing is to work within a niche, something that you can call your own, something, a, a, a subject matter that you decide this is what I want to do. Work within a niche is extremely powerful because when we focus in one area and we consistently work on it, we get better and better at it. Yes. And eventually the artist becomes the go-to person in that particular niche. Right. And you become known for the work that you're doing. And once you're known for it, then people will come to you for it. They'll buy you. Then your audience is there. Yes. Um, And you can't work in a hodgepodge, you do this, you do that, but find a theme, a niche, you know, find a particular niche that you can work in. That's the advice I would give. That's excellent advice. Now, how can people contact you to visit your studio, purchase, commission, and exhibit your work? You can go to my website, um, of course, www.mallstickstudio.com. I am on Facebook. Facebook is a lot better because my only content on Facebook is my artwork. That's it. I don't post where I am. I don't post pictures of my food. (laughs) You sound like me. (laughs) Me too. It's just my my podcast, stuff that I'm doing in the community. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, but as an artist, you know, Facebook is my showcase. That's all I post. And I may on occasion post um, work of an artist that I like, but when you go on my Facebook page, it's on the particular paintings, you can see me working step by step yes. on the paintings. So you can get something there. Yes. Um, and my phone number is 800-322-1936. Well, now, when will you be exhibiting again, just so people can get a chance to see your work? I have no idea. Um, I had three things going on last year. Yeah. And the galleries just shut down this year. Yeah. I haven't been to one gallery this year. Not one. Yeah. And yeah. I've been active since 2015. I've been showing every year since yeah. 2015, except for this year. Yes. And I have no idea. I, I can't say. It depends when the galleries are open. Well, I definitely want to encourage people to go to your Facebook page, to Google you, Google Molstick. Uh, studios and see your work because you're an incredible artist. I mean, your work is just fantastic, and I was captivated by its realism. Thank you. And thank you. you know, thank you so much for being with you're us welcome. today. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I would like to thank my guest, Mr. Thomas Hudson, for visiting with us today. I really enjoyed our conversation, and thank you for your patience. I like to say I'm a homemade, handmade podcast from scratch. It takes a little time, but when we get here, we know we got something good. My guest today, his statement is, As an artist, my desire is to achieve a natural realism with my paintings. I want to thank our audience for stopping by today. We appreciate your support. Please join us again as we continue our conversation with residents who are making positive contributions to their neighborhoods in our city. Visit Neighborhood Connections' website to see all of our community engagement activities and opportunities. If you have a great idea and you want to do something positive for your community, contact Neighborhood Connections at 216-361-0042 or send us an email at www.neighborhoodgrants.org and like us on Facebook. Get informed. Get involved. Get connected. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining me today on Neighborhood Spotlight. Neighborhood Spotlight is sponsored by Neighborhood Connections and the City of Cleveland Minority Arts and Education Fund in association with Bad Racket Recording Studios. Executive producer, creator, writer, host, Carol Malone. Co-producer, Lila Mills. Engineer, James Cannon. Photography, social media, Vince Robinson. Neighbor Up Cleveland. 